The following content is a PyCloud Network yeah. production. Hey, oh. What's going on, everyone? Today is Monday, October 2nd, 2017, and I would like to welcome you to this week's Lloyd A. Thompson and the Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. I hope you, the listeners, had an excellent week. And guys, this month is a very special month. It's this month, the month of October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And to show my support for all those that have lost their lives, those that have survived, and those that continue to fight the good fight, I cut all my hair off and rock pink for the entire month. It's the least I can do as I admire all of those people that are involved. As always, guys, the show airs live every single Monday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and of course at LloydAThompson.com. And guys, if you somehow manage to miss the show because you're doing something else, don't worry. You can always catch the replay at those mentioned locations and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss a damn thing. Guys, if you have any questions that you would like aired on the show, and if we have time to air them, please send them through email to Lloyd at parkmyfresh.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Lloyd A. Thompson, one word, hit that follow button, and you can also hit us up on Instagram at Lloyd A. Thompson, one word, and hit the follow button on that. Guys, as always, very exciting show coming to you today. We have the Jets pulling out a gutsy win. The one team that they said wasn't going to do well is actually playing decent football as they squeaked out a win in overtime against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the New York Giants, the team that everybody thought they that would be doing well, is actually not doing well as they lost another tough game in Tampa Bay. Guys, we got the NBA preseason kicking off tomorrow as my beloved New York Knicks is taking on the New York Nets. And we have playoff baseball back in the great city of New York as the New York Yankees are going to be taking on the Minnesota Twins tomorrow in a wild card game. So guys, as always, let's get ready, sit back and relax, buckle up, enjoy the ride, and start spreading the news. Hey yo, let's get it! Ladies and gentlemen, like we always do at this time, it's Monday, that means it's time to talk sports on the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Show. Let's go. As always, listeners, you know we can't start this show without my co-host, the Mad Mike. So as always, we got to find out where he is and where the hell he's calling from. So yeah, Mad Mike, where you calling from today, baby? What's up, man? I'm uh, I'm on the road right now. I'm trying to get uh, to the garden, see if I can track some of these folks down in the front office before preseason starts tomorrow. Uh, was at MetLife for yesterday to watch the Jets, uh, my beloved Jets, go two and two. And, uh, you know, I don't want to dip on the city, being that the Yankees also, you know, have that ball car playing tomorrow. So uh, New York's got a lot going on right now. I'm just trying to be in the middle of all of it. I hear that. As always, you're on the move. So speaking of your beloved New York Jets, we're going to start the show off with the New York Jets as they won yesterday. 23 to 20 in overtime against the Jacksonville Jaguars at MetLife Stadium, improving their record to two and two. And I'm not sure how many people would have predicted that the Jets and the Patriots will be tied in the standings, you know, after the, after the first four games, man. But that's where we are, man. So, you know, what's your thoughts on that, man, Mike? Uh, my thoughts are I had a lot of uh, heartache and pain. They, 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 man, I came away in that game with a lot of gray hairs because there's so much questionable calls. This team just played hard, though. Uh, they, they ignored, you know, most of the mistakes. Uh, Josh McCown played like a backup quarterback. I know that his numbers uh, look better than, than what they were, but, you know, I mean, this guy, it, uh, 
Uh, how about you tell me what you think? Because as good as I feel about them, um, I have a lot to complain about. A lot right. of C grades going on. All right, so here we go. You know, because obviously you're a, you're a Jets fan, and I'm not a Jets fan, but, you know, in the end, you know, I'm a sports fanatic. So I'm going to give you the good, and we're going to start off with Bilal Powell as he had a 75-yard touchdown run. Mind you, that 75-yard run was the longest run in Jets history from a running back. And, you know, I was I was signed because he failed to keep, you know, I signed because he failed to keep his balance on the play. And I thought that, you know, he might have been touched down by contact, but he wasn't. And it was a smart heads-up play for him to get up and start running. And, you know, he finished with 163 yards on 21 carries, you know, and he, he had five runs that had 10 or more yards, Matt Mike. And then the next person I'm going to touch on is Elijah Maguire. You know, he was the second part of that two-headed running back monster that the Jets had. You know, and he fell seven yards short, seven yards short of giving the Jets another 100-yard rusher. But he had 93 yards on 10 carries, and he provided a big boost. He had a long touchdown run of his own. He had a 67-yarder. And then he added a 22-yard reception. So, you know, believe it or not, you know, getting legs into the backfield, getting young legs into the backfield, mind you, could be a good thing. You know, so, you know, I know you brought up, you know, um, Matt Forte and, you know, the end of the road might be near for him. But I also want to say that Leonard Williams, you know, he seemed unblockable, man. He was all over the place. He has seven tackles, you know, but that's selling him short. But no matter what the Jaguars tried to do while I was watching this game on offense, it seemed like he was getting into the backfield and disrupting things. And then you had, you know, uh, Connie Early. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name. You know, he played well. Jamal Adams played well again. You know, Marcus May played well. You know, uh, Rosalyn Edwards, you know, his 70-yard punt overtime. He actually changed the field position, setting up the chain of events that led, you know, to the victory. You, you know, Contenzawo, the Jets kicker, he's been steady. You know, he was 3 for 4 and kicked the game winner. This might have been, and I'm not a big Morris Claiborne fan, you know, but this might have been, you know, his, his, his best game as a New York Jet. And I'm not saying, you know, he played an outstanding game. I'm not saying he played an outstanding game, you know, but I thought he played you know, a very good game and a solid game today for the New York Jets, man, Mike. So those are my goods. So let me give you the bads. Uh, Cantazaro, he misses a, a 45-yarder, which was was as deflating as that, that dropped punt in, in Oakland, and I'm going to tell you why. It, it came after the Jets converted on a... a fourth and 18 uh fake punt where this coaching staff uh, they they tell you that they that they believed in the play call but then they didn't even have the personnel on the field uh you know either ready to kick the field goal or with 12 seconds left to attempt to pass towards the end zone or to get the the you know a uh, 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 easier field goal instead they take the five yard delay of game they miss the field goal and you're like oh man here we go again Right. That's one. Two. I, 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 as happy as I was with, you know, Locke Edwards, 70 yard punt. Let's not let, let's not forget that he had a 39 yard punt that basically flipped the field, you know, gave the, 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 the ball back in jet territory, you know, so he, he, he didn't necessarily have a great game as far as uh, average yards per punt went either. Uh, I thought our special teams was pretty, pretty awful today, actually. And, you know, I've been praising our special teams. I've been I've been all about it. Uh, the other issue I have is well, was with the play calling in the fourth quarter. I mean, th these guys have a 10 point lead. You got to close the show, man. You, you know, like I know, it, you know, you play some better teams and you go in there and you're you're Josh McCown and you let a, a, a bubble screen go a pass, you know, a yard, uh, basically a yard behind, you, you know, the line of scrimmage before your, your, your running back is even turned around. And not only that, but you throw it, you, you're, you called the play call going the wrong, in the wrong direction. 
because the sun was in, in Bilal Powell's eyes. He was never going to find that ball. It ends up in a pick six, and instead of being up 10, kicking a field goal to, to make it a 13-point lead, now all of a sudden you're only up by three. And then instead of running the ball on third down to close out, you know, force Jacksonville to use their timeouts, you call a pass play, Bilal Powell slips on, on a route, and McCown, I don't want to say he didn't see him go down, but he doesn't realize he goes down, and he throws the pass anyway right to the defender, which allowed for the tie game. I mean, this game should have been easier. It's great to be 2-2. Two and two. None of us thought they'd be 2-2, two and two, but they have to clean this up. They got lucky today with a win. And probably because Coney Ely, you know, gets that huge, uh, you know, tip ball interception that that led to points, you know, in the third quarter. But come on, man, they they go into, you know, next week is going to be maybe their last soft game on their schedule, you know, with Cleveland. But after that, these mistakes, they can't happen anymore. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, I know you. I know you're tough on them, but at the same time, you know, they don't have the player personnel that per se, you know, the New York Giants have. So these are things that obviously are going to happen and that you have to live with as a Jets fan and, you know, and that the coaching staff is going to have to deal with. But at the end of the day, they did get the dub and you brought up Josh McCown and his statistics. And I agree with you where I felt that his, his statistics don't actually put, uh, portray, you know, the quarterback quality at his game. You know, uh, that the game he played, you know. He you was really up, bad yesterday. Yeah, you, you brought know, up the play, you know, where he threw the backwards pass, to, you know, to Bilal Powell, you know, and the play where Bilal Powell fell and he threw the ball. And look, a lot of times I played semi-pro football for 10 years, and a lot of times a lot of routes that you run are timing routes where the quarterback – has in his mind what the receiver is going to do and where he's going to be. And most of the time, the ball is thrown to the spot where he's supposed to be at. So I can see how that play went south. But, you know, the bottom line is that the Jets somehow managed to be the team that I feel that they had a very capable chance of beating. And I also want to bring up Brian Winters, Mad Mike. And, you know, he had a, he had a rough return to the lineup and he had a lot of penalties. Uh, Darren Lee made a few. He made a few splash plays, but I thought his like overall performance. Today. I thought his overall performance was was a bit inconsistent between getting beaten for a touchdown in coverage, you know, and then missing gaps in the run game. Yeah, well, for for Darren Lee, yeah, uh, after yesterday, he looks like a running back today, uh, a linebacker today. You know what I mean? Like I wake up. At uh, uh, today and all of a sudden I, I feel a little bit better about my linebacker play um you, you know I, I can't say that over the over you know I guess his first 19 games as, as, as a, you know and a feller uh so I give you that Darren Lee uh you know looked pretty good as far as uh you know our coach yeah two and two I give it to him he's keeping him motivated right uh I, I can't say the same about McAdoo but uh two and two Bowles is keeping uh this team Pretty, pretty motivated. Now, Matt Mike, believe it or not, believe it or not, the Jets, we're talking about the Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jets. They have a realistic chance to be over 500 after five weeks into the season as they take on the Cleveland Browns next weekend. And again, I think, like you said, you know, I mean, look, it, there's been a lot of teams that you would expect to win games, that are losing games. So games really haven't seemed to be a gimme in the NFL this year. But that's a game, again, as Cleveland got stomped out, you know, yesterday, that the Jets have a chance of winning. So hopefully they could go back to the drawing board and clean up, you know, on the, on the mistakes that they made because they played a sloppy game. They did play a sloppy game. But again, in the end, all that matters is they got the W. So, you know, they got to go into the film room and look some things over and work hard and practice and get ready to, you know, strap on that chin strap and go, uh, go up against the Cleveland Browns. Is again, they're playing against a team that they have a great chance of winning the game, Matt, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, this is the ultimate trap game for the Jets. 
It's a game that they should win. It's a game that, you know, I guess you could say Josh McCown uh, going to his old team probably wants to stick it to them a little bit, even though I don't think Cleveland's thinking about him. You know, is a chance for them to get over 500. It's a chance for them to, you know, I guess you want to say keep pace with with the Patriots, uh, who are also 2-2. Two two. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I don't think this team is good enough to take anybody lightly. But uh, if you're Cleveland, and this is just watching as a fan, as a fan of football. If you're Cleveland and, and, and the Jets are supposed to be one of the teams that you're contending with for one of those top three draft picks this year, you go and you you lay, you just lay down for them, you know, and that'll give them three wins. And if you're Cleveland, you're most likely not even getting to two wins this year. So, it, you know, go lay down for the Jets, let them win, and, and you essentially guarantee that you finish in front of them for, you know, a higher draft pick. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens, but we're going to move on to my Giants and Mad Mike. You know, I mean, I know it's still, you know, it's four games into the season. Season's over. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope at some point. I ho- <laughs> Just hear me out for a second, Mad Mike. But I hope at some point we're going to come back to me saying this and me saying that I was completely wrong. But the Giants are cooked, Mad Mike. They're cooked. Let's stick a fork in them. They're over, done, finished, toast, dead. The Giants are 0-4 and only one team, Mad Mike, since the 1992 San Diego Chargers have made the playoffs after starting 0-4, Mad Mike. This team isn't making the playoffs. They haven't gotten better on offense. They still leave too many points off the board. And the special teams is killing them. And the defense can't get stops when they're needed, Mad Mike. I hear you. So so, so here, here's how I'm going to look at this. Knock, knock. Who's there? Owen. Owen who? Owen four. Season over. Listen, Nick, Nick Folk, he missed two field goals. And he missed the extra point. The, the Bucks literally tried to they tried to gift wrap this game for the Giants. They Yo, tried to funny, gift wrap you this say game, that. and they couldn't figure out they couldn't figure out how to open the package. Now there's 12 games left, Matt Mike. That means we, you know there, there's there's three full months of meaningless football. Three full months. How many weeks <laughs> until free agency? How many weeks? Well. Well, yeah, it's it's man, it's not good. It's not a good look, but it's not a good look for for a few reasons. One, you know, when you think about last season, how many one possession games that the Giants win. And this is what I was saying a few weeks ago to you. This is what we were concerned with in the preseason me and you. When you win those games, those one possession games, you know, the next year, you you can't play those because those wins last year, they tricked Jerry Reese into thinking he had more, you know, he, he was working with more. So instead of, you know, upgrading his offensive line, he goes out and he gets Evan Ingram and Brandon Marshall, right? So because all of a sudden he's thinking that, that you know, he, he's thinking that he's in better shape than what he really is. So now this year, you're losing all of those games. You know, you're losing the one possession games. You're making mistakes in crucial close games and, and, and tight windows, right? And so, like, look at today. Like, you you touched on it, right? These guys missed two field goals, the Bucks. They missed a, 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 a PAT. They ended up having to go for two to make up for one of those missed PATs, which they didn't convert. And then on top of that, Instead of kicking a 50-yard field goal in the third quarter, they went for it on fourth down and three. So really, we're saying that they actually left 11, 11 potential points on the board. So the Giants could have easily lost this game by 13. And all of a sudden, we're not saying, Amani Toomer can't say that, that this team is giving away games because they're not giving away games. fact of the matter is they were actually only in this game yesterday because... Tampa Bay tried to give it away, and I'm happy that you you saw that being a fan, because that this narrative, like like also um, Joe Rivera from Sporting News actually called me uh, during the game, and he was like, I don't understand why why people keep saying the Giants are starting 0 4 for the first time in 30 years. Let's stop trying to you know uh, um, blanket this this bad start, this this bad football with successful stories because I don't care about what happened 28 other times. Let's, let's talk about the fact that they're 0-4 for the second time in four years. How about we talk about that? And then 
if you talk about that, who do you who do we get to put the, the bullseye on? We get to bullseye put the bullseye on Jerry Reese, right? Because you start owing for two times in four years. That's on the GM, man. Well, here's the thing, you know, I tell you, man, there were 14, 14 minutes and 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Giants kicker missed a 43-yard field goal that would have given the Giants a four-point lead. Look, man, this this crap, it, I, I, started, I was like, well, maybe he feels bad that Tampa Bay kicker missed all them damn field goals. So let me miss one just so he can feel better about missing all the damn ones he missed. And then on the next possession, Matt Mike, on the next one, they had a second and three at their 42-yard line, and Eli Manning hit Brandon Marshall right in the damn hands with a pass that would have been a first down. And guess what? Marshall dropped the damn ball, and the Giants fell to convert on that. And then Brad okay. Wing hit a miserable 15-yard damn punt to help set the Bucks up to go ahead with the winning touchdown. And then the defense, twice, Matt Mike, they twice gave up fourth-quarter leads. Fourth-quarter leads. First, the five-play 58-yard 58 drive, 58-yard drive that gave the Bucks a 22-17 lead. Then the Bucks went on a 59-yard and non-play over the last... Three minutes and 16 seconds for the game-winning field goal. All of that can't be explained. All it can't be. Yo, so so let's rewind it. I, I don't I don't want to get, you know, I know you're worked up right now. Let's rewind a little bit, right? So you have Brandon Marshall dropping that pass. How many How many Odell dropped today? Two or three? Or two, I think. Yeah, uh, he's, he's had a case of the droppies. It was an interesting stat. That they brought up today during the Jets game, and I forgot the young man's name with the Jets, but him and Odell Beckham are leading the league. Marquise Lee. Yeah, Marquise but, but, Lee. But that's why I was getting. That's that's where I wanted to go. Uh, at the one o'clock, at the end of the one o'clock games, he's tied. Odell's tied with Marquise Lee, and legit, legit, uh, eight minutes, nine minutes into <laughs> into the start of the four o'clock games yesterday, Odell is back in the lead for most drops. Look, Not I was only talking, that, but I was talking I, about I, the Giants kicker feeling bad for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker. <laughs> well, maybe Odell felt bad for Lee, and he turned around and was like, you know what, young man? Oh, man. I'm going to make you feel good about yourself, and I'm going to turn around and drop some damn passes. So, so now I could be the league leader in drops. So now, but here, here here's, you know, I, I don't want to uh, analyze this game anymore. Um, I, I'll let you keep doing that for me because now I want to kind of analyze – uh, this team's psyche, right? Uh, Odell Beckham made this season about becoming the highest paid player, not receiver, player in football. Do you think he put too much pressure on himself? That's why all of a sudden we see the drops? Not only that, but I, I do want to point something else out to you. Um, one of those final, I think it was their final drive of, of the game yesterday, where Odell Beckham catches that that long pass over the middle, the deep pass over the shoulder, and he gets up and he's celebrating just fine, right? And, and then two or three plays later in the same drive, he gets tackled by the ankle, and, and he's he, he's basically on the floor crying and pain. Oh, take me out, take me out, my ankle, my ankle. And then he comes right back in two plays later um, when they're on the goal line. It's like. To me, I, I don't know how you felt about it, but to me, I'm like, man, this guy's faking injury, right? Because now all of a sudden he wants to be oh, the, the great, you know, Odell Beckham who's going to come and save the day with the game-winning touchdown. And, you know, this team needs you on the field, man. And I'm not – I just got the feeling like he's faking it. I'm not saying that he did because I don't really know his ankle. But, you know, before the game started, he's running and he's, he's uh, you know – Vince Carter jumping over the shoulders of, uh, of the trainer on the sideline, and he's not worried about his ankle when he's landing there, right? So all of a sudden, at the end of the game, your your ankle? I mean, come on, man. Strap it up, grow a pair, and finish the damn game. The best thing Odell Beckham could have done at the beginning of the season was say, well, we're not going to discuss contract, you know, anything contract-related because, you know, now's not the time to do it. We need to focus on winning, you know, football games and getting this team to the playoffs. And sometimes those types of distractions, and I'm not saying, look, I'm not blaming the Giants being 0-4 on that in particular, but sometimes things like that become a bigger distraction than a lot of people think that they do. But this defense, the one thing that was really good last year, and to be honest with you, Mad Mike, the only person they lost 
was uh oh man, what's the guy's name? Who they lost to free agency? Jonathan Hankins. Right. The only person they lost was Jonathan Hankins. But you know the defense, man, they coughed up two leads twice in the fourth quarter. And yeah, but but here's 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 the thing. I know exactly where you're going. Here's the thing about saying, oh, they only lost Jonathan Hankins. They lost depth. That that that's what they did. And 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 in the fourth quarter. When that offense isn't isn't getting it done, those minutes early in the games, those minutes they creep up on, on your team late in games, and, and the Giants just don't have enough good football players, you know, in the in the second unit to spell and, and give those guys rest in the, on the first unit. But I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go back. No, no, but that's fine. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're not putting any pressure on the quarterback. I think they may have had one sack or two sacks tops. You know, they gave up they gave up six plays of twenty-six yards or more. They gave up hundred and eleven yards rushing to a running back that's not a star, you know, on four point eight carries. You know, you know, they got again, they put in they put no pressure on them. And you know, and and Jameis Winston tore apart Eli Apple and I and Darian Thompson, man, as a safety, you know, he continues to struggle and he's missing a lot of tackles. But the Giants seem to continue to have no idea how to cover tight ends as they gave up a 50-yard play to O.J. Howard, who had four catches for 80 yards and a TD to to Cameron Brake. You know, so the Giants, you know, they entered the season thinking they had a championship caliber defense. But, but, listen, they got a championship. We're talking about broken you know, they're the broken, the broken Giants, the broken defense. And speaking of broken, that damn punter, that damn punter, his confidence is, in, in, is a big, it's like a big puddle on a damn field. It's a big puddle. He had a 15-yard damn punt, Matt, Mike. I could kick the damn ball more than 15 yards. I could kick the ball more than 15 yards. Your daughter could kick the ball more than 15 yards. This guy's a professional, and he's doing a 15-yard damn punt. That's unacceptable. <laughs> now, with that being said, I, you know, I, I, I bashed him. You know, I, my blood pressure, if, if you was to wrap a blood pressure device on me right now, the shit will blow up. Excuse my friend. See, I just cursed. It'll blow up. It'll blow up. But I will say that Wayne oh. Goldman had a really good game, Matt Mike. Yeah, he's a steal, man. I, I like Wayne Gallman. Um, just got to look at what he did to, to Alabama in the national championship game, and and you get a feeling for, for that's a good draft pick. Um, I, I know that people think that he's too small to, to be an every down back in the NFL, and that may be the truth, but at least he gave them some bursts. He, he had some north-south in his game today, and that's something that they, they, they've been missing. So that was a good find. Uh, I, 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 I do want to touch on this real quick. I watched the post game. I watched uh, Ben McAdoo's post game, and, and really, I only watched it because I, I wanted to see if uh, Eli Manning was going to get thrown under the bus. Uh, that's the only reason I watched any more uh, post games for him to see how, ma- how, how much more uh, dirt he can, uh, you know, throw on Eli. And but he he blamed the defense. He, you know, he was asked about the offense, the, the you know the drop passes, and his response to the drop passes was. You know, we had a lot of guys that made mistakes today. You can't, we can't just uh, blame blame it on the drop pass. A lot of people made mistakes today. But then when at, when asked about uh, you know all the missed tackles and broken tackles, he didn't shy away from saying, "Well, we we, we can't miss tackles. We're giving them extra yardage and we're giving up uh, you know this and that." And I'm saying, you're an offensive coach. The the the, the, the if you don't pick on your offense, then then then. You know, you're going to cause some dissension dissension in your, your locker room, man. Like, you ever hear Todd Bowles? He never he, he always tries his hardest not to blame the offense, and he always goes and blames the defense being a defensive coach. This guy, on the other hand, as an offensive coach, is still going to blame his defense. And he, he's not going to – the only guy that, that can do wrong on that offense is Eli Manning. Well, yeah, I mean, we touched on – Wayne Goldman, and he actually he had he you know he he carried he had eleven carries for forty two yards and caught a, a you know a four yard touchdown pass. It's for a running back, you know he had, he really has good hands coming out of the backfield, and hopefully hopefully they're going to expand his role as Paul Perkins. It seemed that he walked off the field at some point with some injured ribs, but I'm going to bring up a name, Matt Mike, 
that I want you to think about this name and let it soak in for a little bit because I've been asking you for the last three weeks where the hell has he been? And DJ Fluker, he actually, he actually had a huge penalty, did a, but but he played a good game despite that penalty. Outside of everybody on the line, I thought he played the best game on the line. You know, he had, and it was a, it was it was a huge penalty, but he ended up having a good game. You know, at first, at first, he appeared to hold up well, you know, and some of the success was to his side. You know, as Manning was never sacked, he was only hit twice, you know, which is, you know, and, and he had a touchdown run. Eli Manning actually ran a damn ball, you know, which I'm, I was like, holy crap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he actually yeah, wasn't afraid. Can, can you believe that linebacker? That linebacker, that linebacker must have been really, really slow because uh, he could not catch up to Eli. I'd like to see that linebacker's forty, you know, forty <laughs> times. I said the same thing. Now, granted, I think if it had been a couple more yards down the field, he would have caught him. But Eli did have him. He had him enough to, you know, to to get that touchdown. But boy, Matt Mike, boy, does Ben McAdoo have some kind of imagination. Did you see that damn formation on third and goal from the two-yard two line? You know, listen, that was a nice play as, as Eli Manning threw the touchdown pass to Rhett Ellison. So that was a good play. That was good. But the Giants, the Giants, three tight ends, and they placed defensive carry in, carry one, I'm sorry, at fullback. They put him at fullback. In front of Goldman. They put him in fullback. So he, he uses his man. Listen, I, I don't I'm mean, very few coaches are offense also call plays. And he's one of those coaches that call plays. And I don't know if they need to get an offensive coordinator or what to, to stop him from doing that. But listen, man, your I, I'm gonna call him your boy. Your boy, Eli Apple. Putting Eli Apple on Mike Evans was a bad idea by Steve Spagnuolo. I don't know if that was his idea. Whoever's idea was, it was a terrible idea. They ended up switching and putting Jackrabbit on him, but putting Eli Apple on him was a bad idea as Mike Evans just annihilated him on the football field. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was a scheme issue or... If that was, I don't know if that was by design. I, I can't imagine that anybody watched last week's game and and thought that hey, Eli Apple can defend Mike Evans. You know what I'm saying? Because if anybody did and, and came away thinking that, then you know they're dumber than than a. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't even know what to tell you, man. Like I, I can't even explain it. Like that. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that Eli Apple just got you know mixed up, maybe. Got caught on a switch or something, but um, yeah, Eli Apple is not a good defender, man. And I know that he was a first round pick, but at some point you just got to say, "Hey, I, I got to hide you, man," or "I got to put you on the bench and let you get confidence back" because he's awful. Well, the Giants face the Chargers this coming week, and again, it's a game that you would say they should win. But also, I thought Detroit was a game they should have won, and I also thought that. You know, the, uh, <laughs> oh man, the Bucks was a game that they should have won. But before we go to a commercial break, man, Mike, we're going to cover all the scores in the NFL from week four as the Green Bay Packers defeated the Chicago Bears 35 to 14. The New Orleans Saints defeated the Miami Dolphins 20 to zip. The Carolina Panthers beat the New England Patriots. There was no comeback. For the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, as Cam Newton and Gary Gano hit a game-winning field goal as time elapsed, 33-30. Your beloved Jets beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in overtime, 23-20. The Houston Texans and Deshaun Jackson, led by their rookie Deshaun Jackson, beat the Tennessee Titans, 57-14. Boy, was that a college football score. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Baltimore Ravens. 26-9 as the Ravens have lost two in a row. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Browns 31-7. And that's who the Jets face this coming week. The Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings 14-7. And the Rams defeated the Cowboys 35-30 with the Bills knocking off the, uh, the Falcons 23-17. to 
and the Eagles beating the Chargers 26 to 14. The Arizona Cardinals beat the 49ers 18 to 15. My Giants lost again to the Bucks 25 to 13. And the Broncos, they beat the Los Angeles Raiders 16 to 10. And, you know, so this season is going by very fast, man, Mike, as we're moving into week five. You know, so we have so much more to cover as the season goes on. But, guys, we'll be back with more of the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is A.O. Aaron Omar Baker, the producer for the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Show. Just want to say thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for listening. Make sure you check out LloydAThompson.com and follow him everywhere. That's Instagram, Twitter, at Lloyd A. Thompson. That's it. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. And Mad Mike, we got some playoff baseball going down in the boogie down tomorrow as the Yankees will face the Minnesota Twins in a wild card game. And the Yankees lost two out of three to the Toronto Blue Jays. But Mike, who gives a damn? Who cares? Because now comes the good old wild card game. And that's all that really matters right now. So let me hear your thoughts on this wild card game, Mad Mike. I hate the one game playing, man. I, I hate it with a passion because I just feel like it, it diminishes 162 game season, don't you? Like the Yankees, you know, had a better record, you know, than the Minnesota Twins by six games. And they're forced to play a one game playing, man. I hate this. I, and I hate it because. I'm just nervous, right? Because anything can go wrong. What if, you know, Severino doesn't have a good day? What if he, you know, his slider is off or his changeup is off? And, you know, then all of a sudden the season's over. And, and you know, like I know, you know, 91-win team, we should be playing the Indians in the first round. We, we shouldn't have to play this game. But because we lose the division, we lose the division by, by two games, Lloyd, two games. We, we, we're forced to play this. And that's... You know, I, I don't want to be a, you know, politician, but, you know, Red Sox got caught cheating in two games against the Yankees that both led to wins for the Red Sox. Ain't it funny how all of a sudden we lose the division by two games and we're forced to play this dumb game? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't know what the punishment was. I think they gave him a fine. There's a fine. Know, here's the thing. Speaking of that, Mad Mike, at my playoff game, Last week, you know, I played catcher for my team and I got into a big, I mean, like a big, big to do with a player as I was giving signs to my pitcher and I was looking up as a catcher. I always look up to make sure that the batter's not stealing signs or whatever. So as I'm looking up and, the, you know, the hitter is wearing a pair of sunglasses, I see him peeking out the corner of his eyes to see where I'm setting up at the plate. And I say that to say that some, you know, with, with a lot of things in life, you know, there's a there's an ethical way to go about doing things. Just like when you're driving, you're supposed to let every other car go when you're merging on, you know, in traffic or going into a tunnel or whatever the case may be. So when you do things unethically, it doesn't make any kind of sense. And that was an unethical thing to do by the Boston Red Sox and Major League Baseball did not punish them. They should have took a win or something away for them doing that, Mad Mike. I agree, but. You know, now we're in this wild card game because of it, or you know, you want to say it's not because of it, it's not because of whatever. So we move on. Um, we got Severino on the mound. Uh, couldn't feel any better. You know, this this is our best pitcher all year. You know, uh, he, he he two hundred and and what forty strikeouts on a year. Um, he had a great ERA. Uh, you know, so. His first Yankee to have an ERA under three, and uh, you know, um, I think nineteen years. So, but uh, we got the guy on the mound that we want. So now it's just a matter of can this offense hit Irvin Santana? Uh, we did beat him two one a couple weeks ago. Uh, the fact that that game was really close and he pitched really well against us also scares me. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the, the the one thing about the Yankees when the Yankees have been healthy. I think uh, they 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 showed a stat in yesterday's uh, season finale. 
when when our team has been fully healthy, the Yankees are something like thirty five games over five hundred. That should make you feel good going into the playoffs, right? Yeah, it, it should. It should. But this is a game, you know, for Mad, you know, Mad Mike that we were talking about. For whatever reason, this game just makes me so nervous. And and that's not you know, look, Urban Santana, who the Yankees are going to be facing. You know, he he pitched. He pitched five scoreless innings on on Thursday against the Cleveland Indians. So it's not like we're facing, you know, a pitcher that's not, you know, not a tough pitcher. So this game, for whatever reason, and, you know, I was at the game when the Yankees played, you know, um, against Minnesota and Severino pitched that game and the, and the Twins kind of hit him hard. So this game just kind of makes me nervous, you know, and, the, and which goes for me to say I agree with you with the whole wild card, you know, thing as it should be more than just that. But, yeah, this, this game makes me nervous, man, Mike. It really does as, you know, We'll see what happens. The Yankees, you know, a team that, you know, I, I think they, they finished the season leading the majors with home runs as a team. So a lot of their runs come from the, you know, VIA to long ball. And, you know, sometimes they can play small ball. But this is a game where they can't fall behind three zip, four zip. You know, if that happens, you know, that's going to be a tough hill to climb. Yeah, but, but at the same time, um, this offense is clicking, man. You know, Greg Bird is back. Greg Bird is is um he he's been a, a pretty solid run producer. Eight home runs in twenty five, you know, RBIs in twenty seven games off the DL. So uh you, you know uh Aaron Judge, he led he led the league in home runs, runs scored, walks, uh in RBIs in September. He finished the the season strong like an MVP MVP candidate. At least he cemented Rookie of the Year. So you know Gary Sanchez, another one. I, I honestly, honestly, honestly believe that that uh, even if they get down early, as long as the bullpen can come in and and uh, you know stem the tide, this team always has a chance to come back. The problem is, um, it, it, for me, it's going to be. Does Joe Girardi stay calm if that happens? If Joe seems to panic, I think the team will panic. Well, I mean, with that being said, the Yankees, they still haven't announced a starter. But, I mean, in all likelihood, Luis Severino will get the ball. He finished the season at 14-6 and and had under 3 ERA. And he pissed against the Twins in an 11-3 win. But, you know, he only pitched the first three innings of that game. And it took him, like I was saying, you know, it took him 71 pitches to get through three innings. And he gave up three earned runs in the third, you know. But he was back in the form in his final start, Matt Mike, going six strong innings and getting a 6-1 win against the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays. So, you know, it, and, and he said, you know, Luis Severino, they asked him, you know, and it said it meant a lot to him. We're talking about a pitcher that the Yankees wasn't sure was even going to make the rotation. He was in a battle, you know, coming into spring training, and he was awful last year. He had a rough goal last year, you know. But he, he yeah, but also, he dominated as a rookie. Yeah, he did, but he feels that they didn't trust him to even start a regular season, you know, game at some point, and now he has the opportunity to open up the postseason. So, you know, he feels proud of himself, and he's saying that he'll be ready to go. But you know, I, you know, our beloved Yankees are looking for the, you know, to get back to the World Series since 2009. You know, and it's their first playoff appearance since 2015. And you know, the Twins haven't won the World Series since 1991. But again, all that means nothing. You know, once you step up in that batter's box, you know, all those, all those other things and stats and all that other kind of stuff. All that stuff goes out the window. You know, and, 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 you know, you got to go out and you got to play, you got to play baseball, man. You, you know, you got to win innings. As I say, you know, as we say on my baseball team, let's win innings. You have to win innings. Tying innings is no good. Obviously, you rather tie than lose an inning, but you got to win innings. You got to score more runs than the other team. You know, I mean, if the other team, if you don't score, then you have to make sure the other team doesn't score. You got to win every inning. That's it, man. You yep. win every inning more, more like, you know. If you win more innings than the other team, you you win the game basically. So that's how they got to look at it. One game play play. You know, uh, it, it's I, I don't even want to call it a playoff. It's a play in, right? 
if you play you play in this game you win you're in to to, to the division series so um you, you just they got to come out and they got to be they got to be good man they got to be solid all around uh i do have a question for you uh they haven't really said which way they're going but um i'm assuming greg bird gets the first base job i'm assuming todd frazier gets third base and headley gets dh and uh matt holiday's man out yeah, so Matt Holiday. Yeah, he kind of fizzled um the second half of the season as he dealt, you know, he was he was he had some kind of staff infection or something like that, I believe, that kept him out of a lot of games. But the beginning of the season, um, you know, he hit the ball better than I was expecting him to hit. But then, you know, towards the end, I was like, This is the Matt Holiday that I was scratching my head that the Yankees went ahead on and signed when they had um What's the guy in Cleveland that played with Toronto last year? Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, Edwin Encarnacion. Well, you know, when you think about the, the – the, maybe the money was similar. I think Holiday got 12 and Encarnacion got something like 15 or 16. No, Encarnacion but, got 20 and Holiday got 18, 17 or 18. Now, I don't know if the years – I don't know how many years Encarnacion got. Obviously, the Yankees signed – Holiday to a one-year deal, and I think Encarnacion may have gotten a Got two- it. or three-year deal, but Edwin Encarnacion hit close to 40 home runs this year. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, realistically, man, you didn't miss it. And and think about, Matt Holiday started out on fire this year. He, he was on fire until until the staph infection or, or the viral infection and, and the bad back. Before that, uh, this this guy was, was among the top uh, – Run producer. I mean, he think about how bad he was in the second half, almost non-existent. He ended the year with sixty-three RBIs. I, I mean, and you you can't understate what he meant to the development of Aaron Judge. I mean, take this into consideration. Aaron Judge's worst two months of the season. You know, when he hit, uh, you know, what was it, two hundred four? He hit in July and August. That was that, that came turn during the same time that Matt Holiday was on the DL. Matt Holiday came off the DL the first week of September, and Aaron Judge had had maybe his best month of the year in September. So I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Matt Holiday played a, a key role in the in the development of Aaron Judge, and you know, I, I mean, not only that, but at least they, they once again. A one-year commitment to Matt Holiday. Now you can move on. You know, I I don't think that Edwin Encarnacion was the answer. Um, yeah, he's got those home runs, but if you look at the rest of the roster, I mean, Gary Sanchez had 33 home runs. Uh, Judge had 52 home runs. Didi Gregorius had 25 home runs. You know. Chase Headley only had 12, but they had pretty much power. Todd Frazier came on. He ended the year with 27 home runs. So it, it's not a matter of uh, – they, they have the power hitters. Uh, Brett Gardner had a career-high 21 home runs this year. So uh, I, I think that they got you, – you know, you you have a younger team. You want to bring in those professionals that, that are also willing to mentor – you know, these players and take them under their wing. The one thing we can say about Matt Holiday that we can't say about Encarnacion is Matt Holiday is a World Series champion. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, the overlooked. one thing that, that makes me okay with the signing and I'm still in favor of Encarnacion and Holiday is that Holiday is a great clubhouse guy and he, is, he has been great for the younger Yankees as far as, you know, mentoring them and showing them how to do things the right way. And the Yankees did need that type of leadership uh, with all those young guys in there, so and that in that sense, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. But you know that to have your DH hitting under 220 and basically a player that was cemented into the fourth spot in the lineup, now this dude is hitting eighth or ninth. To me, you know that that's not what DH is. That's not what you're supposed to get out of your DH. But I mean, it is what it is. We'll see what happens, and you know that's going to be the first thing that we talk about in next week's show is this game. You know, this this Mets, ver I mean, sorry, Mets, Lord have mercy. This Yankees versus Twins game, you know, before we kick into football. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. But I just want the fans to know that guys, unfortunately, as always with the New York Yankees, they're talking about block blacking this game out. So unless you have the Yes Network, there's a good chance that you might not be able to see this game on ESPN as a Yankee. Whenever the Yankees play at Yankee Stadium, you know, there's always a good chance that that game is going to be blacked out or unless 
Fox or ESPN pays the Yankees a bunch of money to air their games. So I'm hearing, hopefully it could be worked out as discussions are currently going on. So the game isn't blacked out. But there's a, they're saying it's a 50-50 chance that tomorrow's game is going to be blacked out. So if you don't have the Yes Network, you won't be able to watch the game. So no, it's, 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 they said it was going to be nationally televised on ESPN. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. I just read reports today, unless, unless it's switched, I mean, unless it's switched up. But I was reading reports that they're saying it was a chance. Not that it was a definite chance, but it was a chance that it might get blacked out. So hopefully that's not the case. It's a playoff game. So in the end, the Yankees are under MLB. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to throw that out there to the listeners that, you know, there's a slight chance that that game might be blacked out. So hopefully that's not the case. And people that don't have the Yes Network will be able to get to see this playoff and, game. And listen, listen. If it's blacked out, I give you my word that if you download the Fox Sports app and you hit us up on our Twitter feed, Lloyd will give you my login credentials and you will be able to watch the game on your iPad or I, I, you know, your, your, your phone, your iPad, whatever you download, you know, Fox Sports go on. Listen, hey fans, hey, hey listeners, you heard, you heard it, you heard it here first. So be sure if this game biggest blacked out, I don't care if it's eight hundred of you or a thousand of you or two thousand or three thousand, hit hit us up, and I'm gonna get those credentials for you. But Mad Mike, we have the New York Knickerbockers. They have their preseason opener tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets. Now it is time to buckle up for yet another expected roller coaster season to endure if you're a Nick fan like myself. But one thing that could be said that contrasts from the recent years is that, you know, at least for a change, Mad Mike, there seems to be a sense of calm and focus without a head case in the front office, you know, to be compared and without you know, Carmelo Anthony causing, you know, some type of distraction and the Knicks can finally return to just doing basketball things, Matt, Mike. I, I Man, I, I'm honest with you. I'm, I'm excited. I, I don't know how to explain it. And everyone calls me crazy. I don't think this team is going to be as bad as as. Everybody thinks, you know, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm not a, in the, on the Stephen A. Smith bandwagon where he's like, unless it's mellow, I don't want anything, any, anything good to come of, of the New York next season. Like, listen, this team's going to be, is they going to be young? They're going to be athletic. They're going to be exciting. They're, you know, hopefully it, they're impressionable where, you know, somebody, plays lackadaisical, it gets a little lazy on the defensive end, Hornacek can make an, an you know example out of them and pull them without having to worry about some blowback from the superstar. Um, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I really am. That that trade last week, it's got me energized, man. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to see what this, this, you know, with some hard work and, and some intensity and, and some explosion, you know, I want to see it all. I want to uh, you know. Give me Tim Hardaway Jr., Frank, and 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 KP, Hernan Gomez, uh, and his Cantor. Yo, just just go out and run, man. Go out and, and I, I just wish they had a, a little better veteran point guard. But that that's my only complaint right now. Well, I mean, we'll see if Chris Dabbs plays. He tweaked his knee at practice, and he had to oh, cut boy. practice short. So we'll see what happens. They're saying it's nothing serious, but they may keep him out for precautionary reasons but because i didn't get a chance to see frank nidalekina play in the summer league i'm actually looking forward to uh seeing him lace up the kicks and go out there you know but there there are so many possibilities of who will be in what rotation you know at the beginning of the season and we'll see the effectiveness of the Knicks' death for the first time on tuesday hopefully mad mike you know so we'll yeah. see well well Hey, wait a minute. I, hey, 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 you know, speaking of you, you saying you want to see Frank, you know, this week, you know, Ramon Sessions worked with, with, with Kyrie Irving in Cleveland. And, and he said that that his first uh, impression of, of Frank is he looks like a young Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's coming. You know, that's high praise coming from a veteran guard. 
And, the only and they thing, both wearing number 11 now, too. Yeah, so the only thing we can hope is Knicks fans, as that's actually the truth. But I'm excited to see how the num the three spot is going to take out the small four spot. Is you know, we'll get a chance to see Michael Beasley. And if he has the, you know, ability to change his career around as he's coming from Milwaukee and watching him play against the Knicks a few times, you know, he actually played well. He didn't play that much, but when he was on the court, you know, he played well. And, you know, you know the Knicks, however, the Knicks is still a better team all around and, and uh, is far talented and have more potential depth, depth than, than um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets. So we'll see what happens. You know, uh, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, like you said, Frank Nittalikina to have Medowskis, Kaminskis, and Doug McDermott. You know, Jared Jack, who I actually like the Jared Jack signing. You know, Ramon Sessions. You know, you name Billy Hernan Gomez, Enos Cantor. Can't forget Kyle O'Quinn. You know, so, you, you know, we'll see. And I think Joakim Noah is allowed to play. I don't think him being suspended for the regular season affects the preseason. But then again, I know he had some kind of surgery during the offseason. So I don't know if he's ready to play. You know, so then you got, you know, also Lance Thomas. You know, so there's there's quite a few guys, and look, you know, we all like you said, my expectations for this team, Mad Mike, are very low. I'm not expecting anything out of them. Kind of similar to the New York Jets. You know, not expecting, you know, a lot of people weren't expecting anything out of the New York Jets, and, and New York Jets are somewhat, you know, exceeding people's expectations. And if the Knicks are bad, then you know what? I expect the Knicks to be bad. And if the Knicks are playing competitive basketball and winning games, then that would be quite a surprise. And that's better than me making bets with people at my damn job and losing money every damn year talking about the Knicks are going to make the playoffs and these dudes finish next to last in the damn Eastern Conference, man, Mike. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I I think they're going to surprise some teams once again. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to advise you to go bet some money, but I will tell you that I don't think it's, it's, uh, as much of a gimme, you're going to lose your money. Well, yeah, I mean, look, in, in any case, you know, the mystery concerning the talent of the drafted Frenchman is likely to bring the most entertaining moments of the night. So again, you know, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to him. Also, you know, the, the big man competition. You know, being at the Knicks added, you know, Enos Cantor, you know, to go along with, with Billy Hernan Gomez. You know, that 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 right there, Mad Mike, it gives the Knicks the best chance of winning on any given night amongst you, you the know, rest of the damn big men they got. You know, it's funny that, that you say that because uh I was having this this laugh with, with uh a friend of mine just yesterday and we were saying that how funny is it that the Knicks fire Phil Jackson and now they're loaded with big man talent which is what you need to run the triangle offense and mind you big man talent that can hit you know 10 to 15 foot jumpers I was, it was weird that he wanted to preach the uh you know the triangle and then have Joakim Noah who can't shoot you know he can't yeah, shoot at it's, all it's and, and well, I guess the logic there is uh, Joe, Joe Kim Noah is one of the better big men in the league um, as far as being able to handle the rock and make the right passes. And, and, and from that, that standpoint, which is what he needs uh, to run the triangle from from the inside out. But I, I just found it funny that all of a sudden now you have three, four, five legit big men in a rotation um, after he leaves. Well, we'll see what happens because... You know, if you if Enos Cantor and Billy Hernan Gomez is going to get a lot of looks, that's leaving a boatload of money sitting on the bench and Joakim Noah. And I feel that Kyle Quinn deserves more minutes, you know, as a result of his play over the, you know, over the last couple of seasons. You know, so it's going to present a difficult situation managing minutes, uh, uh, you know, amongst four bigs. So that means the Knicks might look to make a deal, but we'll see what happens, you know. You know, so I'm I'm excited, man. So that's going to be another topic that we're going to touch on. You know, Chris Dasprazingis, like I was saying, he suffered the bruised knee, Matt Mike. So I doubt seriously if he's going to play in tomorrow's game. But we already know where Chris Dapps fits, you know, in this Knicks lineup and what the Knicks are going to expect from him. You know, this is an opportunity. The preseason is an opportunity for the other players, the Damian Doxons and the Ron Bakers. And, you know... 
the, the Ramon Sessions Jared Jack competition for lead point guard. You know, this is an opportunity to see those guys play and, you know, it, it, Kuzminskis and, you know, Lance Thomas, who's coming off an injury. You know, so it, it gives these guys a chance to get themselves prepared for the season. So, again, we'll see what happens. But usually, you know, because of what we discussed, we normally don't have time to air, you know, any of the questions. But today we actually have some time to take a question or two from our listeners, Matt Mike. So the, faith, the first question comes from Mel Vega from Pennsylvania. And Mel wanted to ask us our thoughts on Russell Westbrook becoming the highest paid player in the NBA, signing a five-year, $205 million contract, which comes out to $41 million a year. He wanted to ask us, do we feel if Russell Westbrook is deserving of that contract? And I'll let you start off, Matt Mike. Well, if you average a triple-double for the season and win the MVP, yeah, you, you're going to get that contract. Uh, I, I think it'll be a little... I, 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 gonna, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he fits with these guys. And um, it's a big commitment because I, I don't think uh, at 30, you know, Melo's going to be out of there at 34 years old. I'm one of the people that seem to think that Paul George isn't going to stick around. I think him signing this deal is also to say, hey, hey, Paul, look, he's here for the long term. Gives these guys a little bit better negotiating uh, uh, power at the, t you know, in the offseason next year. But uh, I, I'm not surprised by the by the contract at all. Well, I'm going to say that, I, you know, I think. He deserves it. Um, you know, someone to average. There hasn't been a player to average a triple-double since Oscar Robinson. So for him to have that kind of season, you know, I would think that he's deserving of that kind of money. And it's, it's good. I, you know, kudos to the NBA and kudos to the NBA players, um, you know, um, organization, you know, the, the player heads that, that represent the players for, for getting the players' revenue sharing as the players are reaping the benefits from all the money that they bring into the NBA and the owners are actually starting to spread the wealth amongst the players. Because remember, at some point, the highest you can make was, you know, if a player got $27 million to $30 million, that was like, oh my gosh. And now guys are making $40-plus 40, $40 million. So, you know, good for the players, good for the owners, and good for the NBA. So, Thanks for the question on that, uh, Vega. And the next question comes from Joe2673, and he wants to ask us <laughs> if the Giants, if, if there's any way that the Giants could come back from an 0-4 start to win the division. Not make, you know, that's the only, obviously that's the only way they're going to make the playoffs, but he wants to know if the Giants have a chance to win a division. And I'll let you start on that, man, Mike. Um, initial reaction is no, they have no shot, uh, being that Dallas who lost yesterday is two and two, but they also have a win over the Giants. So that gives them really three up and, and the win, you know, that gives them three games up Philadelphia, who's three and one beat the Giants already. That gives them four games up. So I, I just don't think that, that they have a shot. Uh, Washington looks like they're better than, than we thought they were going to be. Uh, Kirk Cousins is playing for a new contract. Um, he's trying to be the highest paid player. So, you know, he's got motivation to show that he can beat the Giants. And, and you know, I, I think it's over, man. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I never thought that after four weeks – uh, the Giants would have a better shot to draft Sam Darnold than the Jets did. Yeah, and just like I was saying, I don't think there's no chance in hell that they're actually going to draft a quarterback. I think, you know, in this, I hate to talk about, you know, the draft next year is, you know, we only five weeks into the season. But I like Saquon Barkley from Penn State, and I think that's one of the things that the Giants need. They need an offensive lineman, and they need a running back, and I like Saquon Barkley. And as of now, you know, I don't know if any offensive linemen that are studs, that are, you know, can't miss first-rounders or top five picks or top ten picks, but, you know, that kid, Saquon Barkley, mark, mark my words and remember that name, he's going to be a special kid. But Oh, my you, goodness. You know, but also— Oh, my goodness. What, what's going on? Uh, I'm just—it's I'm, I'm, uh, funny you mention that because— 
I tell everybody I want nothing to do with these quarterbacks as a Jets fan. Get me Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Listen, man, that kid is a beast. My He's only a thing monster. Is, I, my only thing is he plays so hard that I hope he doesn't tear his body up before he has a chance to make some money tearing his body up. You know, but Saquon Barkley is special, man. But, you know, I, I, I didn't get a chance to answer the question because I started going on about Saquon Barkley. But I, I don't think, you know, I think like, you know, to, to, to touch on or to piggyback off of what you were saying, being on four and, you know, it's a tough hill climb for the Giants. And as much as I would like to see them win a division and say that they're going to win a division, you know, they still have to play the Oakland Raiders. They have some tough games coming up, man. So it's going to be tough. And it doesn't like, you know, we you touched upon them not having any depth. Their defense is not playing well. Their offensive line is not playing well. You know, so they have so much that they need to correct before they could get going. And right now at 0-4, you don't have time to, you know, to kind of build your way up to get victories. You need to start winning now. And the Giants needed to start winning now two weeks ago. And they didn't yeah. do that. So, you know, I can't see them winning a the division either. But, guys, that brings us to a conclusion of this show. I want to thank our producer, Omar Baker, A.O., for doing his thing as he's the engine that makes this thing go. And I also want to thank the Mad Mike for always calling in and giving his opinion on things that matters. And I also, we also want to thank you, the fans, because as always, without you guys, there's no us. Thank you for the support. So, guys, please be safe. Be blessed. Happy Cancer, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Again, celebrate the month, people. And, guys, we will see you in another week. With that being said, Ayo! Fonito! Alright ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the conclusion of this week's Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Show. Once again, I just want to say thank y'all for tuning in, thank y'all for listening, thank you for sharing and helping to grow the audience of this show. Much appreciated. As always, brand new episodes drop every single Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out LloydAThompson.com. Make sure you don't miss anything. And follow along on Instagram, on Twitter, at LloydAThompson. That's it. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. Peace.